Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, Tim Stutzla spoke to the media and one theme stood out. I think Sens fans are going to be pretty happy at what it is. And one theme for our three players in our organizational value rankings is talent. Can't wait to talk about these guys. Two guys making the jump to pro hockey, but they're barely older than a guy who's been on North American soil for three seasons. All that's coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 867 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, we want to remind you that today's episode is available wherever you get your podcast. We are also free on YouTube, where a like and a subscription go a very long way. Today is Tuesday, September 5th. I hope everyone had a great long Labor Day weekend, but this just means we turn the page, not only to September, but to hockey season. We've got a great trio of organizational value rankings coming, but Pilsy, Tim Stutzla's media conference, this article on NHL.com, it's about six questions long. I did control F, win and nine times does tim stutzla bring up the word winning he doesn't care about individual accolades this guy he wants playoffs yeah absolutely and i think that's just the culture of the ottawa senators now like the years of rebuilding uh getting draft picks uh trying to focus on development those years are over now all the players and all the draft capital that they work so hard to tear down the team and reinvest and have the future be bright. Those guys are all up in the NHL and ready to take that next step. And among them, I would say no one is more ready to take a huge step than Tim Stutzla. 90 points last season, and he's looking like one of the top young centers in the league. And not only that, but a franchise corner piece for the Ottawa Senators. And you just get the sense that he's so ready to turn the page on what was a tough start to his NHL career, where he's talking about, you know, we were so far from the playoffs when I got to Ottawa. So far, he said. But as he's grown, the team's grown, everyone around him, we're expecting big seasons from a lot of his teammates as well, the Jake Sanderson's, who's going to be a year older. And, you know, the core pieces that, yeah, Brady's going into his sixth season. But beyond that, these guys are still, you know, with the COVID lull, we'll say, of only getting to play a certain number of games. I think now you're really going to see it. And maybe this is us kind of just bringing a, a positive mindset going into the season. But Tim Stutzel is getting a ton of respect around the league. I feel like a lot of times, Sens fans, it's quick to get mad at lists when you're talking about the best of this, the best of that along uh, the entirety of the NHL. But like, we talked about it. Corey Prodman had Tim Stutzel as the third best player under 23 in the entire league in terms of ceiling. Not in terms of right now, but in terms of ceiling, which I think speaks volumes. Scott Wheeler had the article where Stutzel Sanderson went 1-2. Like He's defied the logic of Senators getting no recognition league-wide. People are, are respecting the work of Timmy Superstar here, and I think Sens fans are hoping that 
it's another step forward, right? Because last year he put up 90 points. The excuse me, the year before it was 58 points. Like, what's realistic for him? Should Sens fans be disappointed if he doesn't hit a hundred? Like, where where should where should we be drawing the line? I don't think they should be disappointed if he doesn't hit a hundred, but I definitely think there's there's no reason for him to hit that 90 or for him not to hit that 90 point plateau again. And you look at the team and he talked about it in the article. One of the questions is the team around him is just so much better. And like, no matter what line Tim Stutz is going to end up on, what power play line he's going to be on, he's surrounded by talent and a mix of talent of veterans, shooters, dishers, playmakers. Like there's so many different types of offensive talents now on the Senators roster that he can thrive for sure. And I think the best thing about Timmy that's really going to help elevate this culture is that he is a big part of the culture now. Him and Brady are obviously very close, and they're the, the two highest draft picks among the Senators roster. And he's one of those guys that I believe Tim Stutzler hates losing more than he likes winning. Like, what was the – you can hit me with the stat – you can hit me with the stat line, but that uh, Seattle game where didn't he have two goals and an assist? I uh, know he had a hat trick. Okay, it was a hat trick. I knew it was three points somehow. Or was it three goals and an assist? It might have been. Yeah, so whatever. He gets a bunch of points, but they lose the game. And the reporters are trying to get him to talk about the hat trick. Like, oh, that's sweet. You got a hat trick. He's like, I don't care about the hat trick. We like, Did you guys not see the score? We lost the game. And like they got pumped. They got pumped. It was embarrassing. I remember watching that one. And that's the kind of mindset you have to have here. Because it's really easy for young guys to be like, yeah, I want to be the the top highlight guy. I want to rack up the points. I want my Chell rating to go up through the roof. And all these kinds of things that don't really matter. But feel like they're a big deal in today's society. Where Tim Stutzler is just like, no. We're all focused on the same goal as a team. We got to get to playoffs and we got to start having some real tangible success. You can go and check out the whole article on NHL.com, but this part in particular stood out. The question was, do you set goals for yourself in terms of points or do you just look at other things? The answer, this direct quote from Tim Stutzla. No, it's just more about winning games, playing winning hockey. The tradition we're building in Ottawa is playing winning hockey. Even if you're a skilled guy, you've got to be able to close out games and make the right play in the right situation. This is becoming a player that I want out there in the final two minutes, whether they're winning or losing, because he's even gonna, if they're on the penalty kill, I want him out there. What do you think? Is he going to lead the team in average ice time among forwards? Like by how much? Yeah, de- definitely. I, I don't think it'll be by a landslide, but this is a guy that's going to be th- this team's top center. He's going to be on this team's top power play unit. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's a big part of the penalty kill as well. Maybe not the top unit, but uh, I definitely could see him having a role in the second PK unit. Because if you look at the, the stats, and he he really picked up when it came to his twentieth 21st birthday in January of last year. Was was really where where things popped off. He was, you know, he, or sorry, not even last year, the year before, where he finished the season so strongly. In his last 128 games, Pilsy, he has 133 points. Yeah, like we're we're going beyond a full season, so I'm excited to see what's next for Tim Stutzla. We know that the only thing on his mind is finding a way to win. No excuses going into next season. And for people saying we're maybe too positive at times during the summer, I can tell you. 
that if this team does not get off to a strong start, we're, we're going to be very toxic. Let's put it that way. <laughs> that is a promise of toxicity. To- toxicity? Toxicity. Okay. You want a word of the day? Yeah, let's. Oh, I'm nervous about it, but let's word of the day it. Let's word of the day it. Toxicity? Are you getting a definition out? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. No, this is real. Toxicity. The quality of being toxic or poisonous. Or, this this is a better one, the quality of being very harmful or unpleasant in a pervasive way. That's that's dead on. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Toxicity. Word of the day. Just heard back from the Sens. Uh, there's a good chance Wade Redden joins us in the next week. So. Oh, wow. Ross, that, that was a rare uh, immediate spoiler for you. Usually you get the tease uh, and then we do a countdown or something, but you're just you're just giving it right to the people today. I mean, Ring of Honor. We, we stole the valor of the Ring of Honor every weekend. You can check it out on Locked On Senators on YouTube. Uh, the tightest poll of all time. It was within 1%. So go vote on Twitter. It's available till tomorrow. But yeah, if Wade Redden's in the Ring of Honor, I mean... Player development coach yep. would absolutely love to get him on the show. Oh, so hopefully, hopefully, big guest coming later. But we got organizational value rankings to get to first. If you want to support the show, you can subscribe to our Patreon. We just started that, and one bonus, Pilsy. Why don't you explain what the plan is for Patreon subscribers going into the season? Yeah, uh, before I do that, I want to make sure I get the give credit to the person who is Ah, okay. Thank you for that, Ross Senny at Senator on Twitter uh, says Yahoo Fantasy Hockey League for Patreon members at Send Central. So that's definitely something we're going to do. I love fantasy sports. I've been doing it for over a decade. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, all of it I'm super into. So I am definitely down to do a Patreon Fantasy Hockey League. So that's something that we're going to be setting up here. So if you're interested in that, support the boys, support the show, and get in on Patreon, and we'll set it up. You can also like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It's also available on YouTube. We've got a great trio of players to get to for our organizational value rankings. So let's do that on the other side. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Athletic Greens. Guys, this is an easy way to have a healthy routine. So easy, I'm even doing it. I've got my AG1 here. Ross has been on the AG1 train. And the reason why it's something that you can do so consistently is it's just one scoop of water, a one scoop into your cup of water each day. And with that delicious scoop, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and more. So you're starting your day off right. And that special blend of ingredients does so much for you. It supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of those things, and it's lifestyle friendly. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no artificial, anything while still tasting great. So right now, Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-sporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance from Athletic Greens. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends 
at Farm to Fork. Farm to Fork is a local Ottawa company that is serving premium meat and seafood available to you. And they bring it right to you frozen, but in individually vacuum packed containers. So you're able to pull out just what you need at any given time. If you go to their website, farm2forkdelivery.ca, couple things. One, all the bundles that are there are perfect to stock up. They've got the barbecue bundle and the deals are unreal. And because you're a listener of Locked On Senators, you can add an extra 10% off. So head over farm2forkdelivery.ca, put in your postal code and you'll know exactly where they deliver to. All of Ontario, most of Quebec, and even in Nunavut. So if you're up north, you can get some farm-to-fork delivery. Farm-to-forkdelivery.ca. No antibiotics, no hormones, ethically raised, and delicious. I can confirm on that. So head to farm-to-forkdelivery.ca. That's the number two, farm-to-forkdelivery.ca. Taste the farm-to-fork difference. You will never go back to grocery store meats. Pilsy had a great call on Friday with the owner of Farm to Fork, and we've got a few things up our sleeves, or should we say, a few things on the grill. Nice, I like it. I like it. Uh, Ross, that was news to me that Farm to Fork delivers to none of it. Like, wow, talk about expanding your range there. If we have any none of it listeners, hit us up because that is uh, that's impressive. Future. Send Central Citizens. Tomorrow, we will have a Send Central Citizen for you. And it's a guy who lives in the heart of enemy territory in downtown Toronto. So looking forward to having a good conversation tomorrow with Jake Bob at Espresso Rails. Going to join us tomorrow on Locked On Senders. But it's all organizational value rankings all the time. You can head over to Twitter where I've put out a list of the tiers and I want, to, I want to give a shout out here. I think it's our guy, Ali Dez. It is our guy, Ali Dez, who's been in the YouTube comments under each video with an updated list of how we've done it. So if you want to check out the tiers, because we've already counted from 60 to 25 in one week, Pelzi. Like one week, we did 35 player profiles. So here we go. Number 24, then up to 22. We're doing it a little bit less now because we want to take a little bit more time to marinate the meat on the bones of each profile. There's a lot to get to, especially with this group of players coming up today. Coming in at number 24 on our list of organizational value rankings. He's been in the organization, and by that, I don't just mean as a draft pick, but I mean playing for Belleville for so long. It's hard or easy to remember, it's easy to forget that he's only 21 years old. Coming in, it's Roby Yarventi. Yeah, Roby Yarventi. He's been a young gun on this uh, in this organization for quite some time, it seems like. And he came onto the scene really hot, Ross. He was one of those guys that it didn't take long for Sens fans to be impressed with him. When he came over from Eels in 2021, in four games in Belleville, he had two goals and assists, good for three points. So he's definitely someone that that pro experience in Finland, I think really helped him transition nicely. And when you've got a frame and a size that Roby Yarventi has, that makes things easier too. And I like going back, especially when we're doing this exercise here at the start of the 2023-24 NHL season. I like going back and seeing, especially what elite prospects wrote about them in their draft guide. 
right? Because now we're going back to how were they then and how can we compare that to now? Do you want to know what the lead line is? And it's so classic for how elite prospects felt about the Sens draft class in 2020 at the time. Uh, it's definitely going to be something about Roby Arventi's inconsistency. That was their their main thing for him. They don't come much more frustrating than winger Roby Arventi. Yeah, something like that. Like I, I yeah, I remember JD Burke had some harsh words for a lot of his scouting reports of Yarventi. But then they said there's so much to work with. Every one of his tools got a five or better grade, which for them is very good. The production was there. They call it spectacular production. But then the scouts left every viewing wondering what Yarventi could be if he put everything together. And I think he's on the way of doing so. I don't think he's there yet. And that is kind of shown by the stat I'm pulling up at the bottom of the page. But before we get to it, who is Roby Yarventi? Six foot three, 213 pound left winger who played a lot of center last year, mostly out of necessity. But if you heard our interview with David Bell, the head coach of the Belleville Sens, don't be surprised if he gets a few games there this year. He showed he could do it. 40 games last season, 16 goals, 14 assists for 30 points, minus 11, 38 penalty minutes. But Pilsy, is it good, bad, or meh? 12 of his 16 goals were scored on the power play. Yeah, it's always interesting when when you get to this type of discussion with power play goals because I feel like it's just it's it's a glass half full of water. Do you want it to be half empty and be like, well, he relies on the power play, he can't get it done five on five uh, or even strength, only four goals even strength, or do you want to be glass half full and be like, this guy is a killer on the power play and he always finishes off uh, the play and he's got a great shot, so. You know what? I'm going to go with glass half full on this one, Ross. You guys know me. That's usually my approach here. But the thing is, like, Roby Arventi is a guy that he was kind of the Josh Norris of Belleville's power play. Like, it's hilarious. Like, you could put side-by-side videos of Norris and Yarventi, same spot, same shot, same same release on that power play with that one-timer from the right side flank. And they're able to have success there. And I, I'm not going to dog a guy for being dominant on the man advantage. So for me, 12 out of 16 goals on the power play is just fine. They all count on the scoreboard the same, right? But yep. honestly, you would like to see a bit more even strength production, no? I mean, yeah, definitely. Here's here's Ross with the glass half empty approach. Um, <laughs> definitely, you would like to see more than four goals even strength. Yes, on that, I will certainly concur. But those are the Brinkett numbers. Yeah, but hey, I mean, if Ottawa ranking numbers five on five scoring, we need it. Yeah, we do. We do need an increase there. But but also, you mentioned it, Ross. For a good chunk of this season, he was thrown into a center position, which I believe he had not played before. So that's a big uh, ask, especially he was this team's top centerman. So not only are you in a position, but the hardest position uh, on forward to learn, but you're also the number one relied upon guy. So. I'm going to give Roby a bit of uh, leeway here, just knowing that. Such a sick shooter, though, man. You can see it just from the flex in the stick if you're watching on YouTube. But either way, when you look at Roby Arventi, you have to look at the increase in production. Last year, he played 70 games. Like, for him, he had never played 70 games in a season before. Had barely played half of that. So to just have 33 points there and then almost match the production, but in 40 games, of course, you'd like him to stay a little bit healthy. My prediction for Roby Arventi this year is that he makes his NHL debut. I think it's going to be time. I hope that he shows it and that he earns a call-up. But 
I think we're in that process. He was one of the youngest players taken in the draft. He was August 8th birthday. Him and Ridley Gregg actually share a birthday, funny enough. So mm-hmm. when I say he's 21, like he just turned 21 less than a month ago. So yeah. there is still so much road left of his development. Still two years left on his entry-level contract. I think patience is key. I've seen Senators fans throw him in mock trades being like, okay, no. here's a guy. No, this is the type of player that you knew it was going to be a project when you made the pick knowing that there was so many tools, but having to develop them in a proper way. I think this is the type of player where when, if and when the Senators are able to make a push forward and be a playoff team, this is the type of player who you can add in, in a, like when the treadmill is already going a little quicker and he's going to be a complimentary player that can put up points on a lower line, let's say at least to start. Yeah, I disavow any Roby Yarventi mock trades. I think it would be such a mistake, especially... Ross, what, where did EP have the the Sens prospects rankings under, under 23? It was like 28th in the league, right? Yes. Would you like to see the Roby Arventi? Uh, yeah, let me know where Roby is on that list. But the thing is, like, they can't afford to be moving those type of players that can be up and on entry-level contracts supporting an NHL roster. Like, that. those are the exact last type of moves they should be making, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, David St. Louis for Lee Prospect said that Yerventi took on the role of center multiple times. Yeah. Uh, he acquired a more adept approach to puck management while navigating the center ice corridor. Uh, this adjustment involved increased reliance on his teammates, therefore affording him improved positioning to employ his premier asset, his shot. Yeah. And then finishes off saying that his journey involves further enhancements to his playmaking capacity and physical presence. Presence, nonetheless, the tangible strides he exhibited during the season should provide reassurance to the Senators for where they drafted him. So, again, I think that's a pretty positive write-up for who they have as the Senators' fifth-ranked prospect right now in the system. But overall, man, you have that A-plus asset that is his shot. It's ridiculous. The release, especially. It's ridiculous. I would like to see 20-plus goals in the AHL for the first time. And his first NHL game. Those would be my goals I would set for Roby. Yeah, so last year you mentioned he only got to play 40 games. He had a knee injury, unfortunately, that sidelined him for 12 weeks. So hopefully he can stay healthy here. And I think with Roby, everybody kind of has the tagline of inconsistency. We already talked about it, EP. That was the kind of their main thing. And it, it was a factor in the past. But I, I think I would challenge that uh, label now, Ross, because I went through his game logs with Belleville, and he only had two or three stretches of no points. And those stretches of no points only lasted three games. Like three games without a point isn't a big deal at all. He only went once last year, three straight or twice, three straight games without a uh, point in Belleville. And he had that hot stretch where he went uh, seven straight games. He had eight points in a seven game stretch in the, in the early portion of March and then finished off strong too. Hey, that's a good way to get your cookies had uh, six points in the final three games after going. So This is where it does kind of go. He went two games with no points, then back-to-back games with a point, then three games without one, and then he had six points in the final three games. Yeah, but I mean, two games without a point, three games without a point is nothing. Like, like, if you expect players to get a point every game, I feel like that's unrealistic except for the top guys, right? So, final thoughts on Roby Arventi. What's your hope or expectation for him this season? Yeah, I want to see him play at least... 60 games in Belleville. I think that would be great. Uh, I'm expecting 20 plus goals, 30 plus assists. I want to see him and Crooker be the top guys on the power play unit there. And 
I want to see him play NHL games, Ross, but it's such a complex thing now because the Sens are in a spot where they have guys that are itching and ready to play pro games, but they're not in a position to just give these guys spots just to see how they do because they need to be winning hockey games like Tim Stutzla has emphasized. So the only way I really want to see Yarventi get in the NHL is, is if, unfortunately, there is an injury or if he is getting that point per game click and he's absolutely knocking the doors down and guys on the third line just aren't working in Ottawa and they're like, we have to give Roby a chance here. Instead of going out and getting a Patrick Brown. So that's Roby yeah. Arventi who comes in at number 24 on our organizational value rankings. All right, we're going to get back to our rankings in just a minute, but Pilsy, breaking news from Bruce Garriock and Ooh. well, the initial part of this breaking news was brought to you by Laleem's Martian, um, who, by the way, Martian Palooza tickets are almost sold out. Can you believe it? They sold over 220 tickets just like that. Great party. It's going to be awesome. Bar and Grill in Canada just because it's so close to the rink. And then after, maybe the after party will have to be at the Glebe Central Pub for us who are going back downtown. But Martian Palooza at Buster's right after the game. Go get your tickets. Go see him on Twitter at uh, Laleem's Martian to get your tickets there. But he reported this morning, the streets reported that Brady Kachuk is back in town. Bruce Garriott goes further to say that Drake Batherson and Tim Stutzla will be on the ice today at the nice. Sensplex. So I know we have a lot of listeners who like to get out to the Sensplex yeah. and see the informal skates ahead of the season. And it's looking more and more like a Senator's practice with guys coming back into the city into the lineup. We know that Mads got to town as well. He told us he was flying in on September 3rd. So Mads is in town. And by the way, I discussed with him the other day. He said, I'm still waiting for the helmet. I promise you guys will get to be the first to release my new helmet for this year. Yeah, I'm stoked for that. And speaking of goalie helmets, Ross, maybe at the end of the show, we'll uh, take a look at Anton Forsberg's new mask and uh, we'll give it a review. I think we got to have more time for that. Let's do that tomorrow. Okay, let's do it. Two very important prospects. Would you say yes. these two guys are critical for the success of the Ottawa Senators moving forward? Uh, well, immediately they'll be critical for the success of the Belleville Senators, but right. It, they're right there with Roby. This is why we have these three guys together. They're right there with Roby as these are the prospects that eventually the Sens will rely upon because they've moved other assets and their other draft capital are already prominent roles in the NHL. So these guys are huge for investments in the future. And because the two guys we're about to get to have full three years left on their entry-level contracts. That's next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Shawarma Palace. Pilsy, I'm throwing this over to you, brother. Shawarma Palace, tell us your favorite part about walking through the doors at any of their seven locations. My favorite part about Shawarma Palace is, is so easy. And we've mentioned this before, but it deserves emphasizing in a world today where everything costs more and you pay more and you get less, not at the palace, not at Shawarma Palace. Like the portion sizes are almost laughable. Uh, we had some citizens tweet at us and tag us their uh, their picture. Ross, you can plug that. Guaranteed retweet if you send us a picture of Shawarma yes. Palace. Guaranteed. Tag us. Oh, my God. So delicious. The Platters are amazing. I'm already excited for huge for Ottawa home opener weekend. I'll be there. I'll be. I'll be. At, hey, it was last home opener. We saw. We saw our boy Jack. Yep. Jack City. We walk in. He goes, "What the heck?" Of course, I see you guys. And here. we hung out with them for the rest of the day. Yeah, it was great. He, he drove us to the bar, and we're playing in the car. That was hilarious. And it's 
Shawarma Palace bringing people together. So go check yes. them out. Any of their seven Ottawa locations. The only place to go for Shawarma in Ottawa since 1997. Eat like a royal. Eat at Shawarma Palace. All right, Pilsy. Man, that was hilarious. Running into Jack. Then ended up spending the rest of the day with him. What a beauty. Hope you're listening right now, brother. Great. And just his reaction was so good, too, because he's ordering his food. Someone walks in. So you're just like, oh, there's someone walking in. You look at them. He looks at us, looks away, and then he's like, wait a second. Locked on sends, guys? He's like, I was hoping to run into you guys here. We're like, yeah, we're not just – it's not just an ad read that we go to that exact shawarma palace location when we're in town. We we make a point to do it. We love it. Coming in at number 23 on our organizational value rankings, it's Tyler Boucher, who injuries just did not allow him to finish the season, unfortunately, but we spoke to him at Dev Camp. Shoulders 100%. He's skating. He's ready to turn pro. And I think the pro game, is going to bring out the best in Tyler Boucher. Oh, man. there, There's not many guys in the Ottawa Senators organization that we're cheering for as much as we're cheering, cheering for Tyler Boucher. Yeah, Ross has the 67s hat on. Uh, Just a good dude. That's the thing. He's he's such a good kid. And I know there's there's that corner of the Sens fandom that like to dog on him and trash on him, which is the weirdest thing to me because – they obviously haven't met him. They haven't spent much time uh, learning about him. Like they haven't even seen him play hockey. Let's yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, unfortunately, I-, I hate to do this, but the big thing with Tyler Boucher is his injury concerns and the struggles he's had staying healthy. And at a young age, it's just so frustrating because last year, especially Ross he was really picking it up. He was really hitting his stride with the 67s. He was putting up good points on a dominant team that was looking to make a huge run. And I think Tyler Boucher really would have helped them in the playoffs. And then in the World Juniors, that was the time where Sens fans were nervous because everyone dogging them. Wow, you took this guy with the 10th overall pick and uh, he he doesn't play much or he had to switch from college and everybody had their chirps for uh, Sens fans. And then he goes to the World Juniors and he ends up doing really well in the games that he's there. And that was nice to see because I think that must have been a relief for Tyler too, being like, okay, on the international stage amongst my peers, I was able to hang with, uh, with the big boys. So I really think that Coming to Belleville is going to be just what Tyler Boucher needs because in college, he had to put the reel the reins in a little bit. You can't play that physical type game. In the OHL, he had to deal with suspensions because he couldn't play his physical type game either. Well, in the AHL, it's it's a free-for-all. I mean, there's not many leagues in the world where you can be as violent and the physical game is relied upon as much as it is in the AHL. So it's going to be very interesting to watch him in this uh, new league. Tyler Boucher is six foot three, 205 pounds, an American kid, obviously the son of former NHLer. And Tendy, Brian Boucher, who will be back on the show, he had an awesome interview with us, though. Highly recommend going back and checking that out. It's our first ever video posted to YouTube Funny enough, I was yeah, like, because we did it probably like a month before we started YouTube Pillsy, but I was like, this is such a great interview. I'm keeping it. We're putting it on YouTube. So you go check that out. And he's a good looking guy. 
Oh, handsome, handsome man. Handsome family. Great, great people. 21 games, 10 goals, 7 assists, 17 points. Again, as you mentioned, 3 goals and an assist in 6 games at the World Juniors, where unfortunately he suffered that separated shoulder, needed surgery, and spent time on the rehab table. With that said, when you look at Tyler Boucher, I want to copy or tell you what Corey Prodman said about him. I love this one. If you did not know he was the 10th overall pick and just focused on the player, he looks like a very promising pro prospect. Boucher drew strong reviews from scouts in the OHL. He was also quite good at the World Juniors. Boucher is a highly physical winger who can be a menace to opposition players. He's good around the net, plays with pace, and has strong skill. Don't think his production will ever be the biggest selling point, but he has enough skill to be a middle six winger who plays hard and provides a unique player type to the Senators' lineup. And that seems like music to my ears for the type of players that Ottawa has in their organization right now. He's just going to be like, he's going to be a pit bull for the team. It's kind of like the loyal, and he's just going to run through a wall for all the players. Now, that's where you have to balance the reckless style that makes him so unique with the injury history and how do you find the balance to that? That's going to be the biggest question going forward. And that's the thing is a young kid, right? Like it takes time to kind of understand your body and understand your boundaries and your limits. Cause for every, every human being, those limits and boundaries are vastly different. And there's ways that you can improve on things that he needs to. And I'm sure he's working with uh, the Ottawa centers and Belleville training staff on those things. Well, I mean, he told us, right, other than a trip home for a couple of weeks, like he he lives in Ottawa. I asked him, like, doesn't it feel like home? Because, I mean, he lived here two summers ago. He played for 67s. Like, he is ingraining himself. Same with Igor Sokolov. I love when these prospects are like, I'm not just going to show up at training camp. I have the opportunity to train at the facilities and use mm-hmm. the gym. Like, why not take advantage of it? And I love that these two in particular have really kind of embraced Ottawa as a city. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that's a bonus to kind of getting to play OHL hockey in the city where you were drafted by the NHL. I think it's awesome. And I really think that Boucher is going to thrive and he's going to be one of those guys when he does figure out his limits and how to kind of toe that line properly that come playoff time for the Ottawa Senators in a few years. Sure, you need your top six guys to dominate. But a lot of the time, look back at Stanley Cup winning teams And it's those third lines that you're like, wow, that third line was incredible in that 20 game, uh, 20 plus game stretch in the playoffs. Like they were the guys that kept things going. And I think Tyler Boucher can be one of those really contributing guys when it comes to playoff time. The kind of lazy comparison, but I actually don't hate, hate it is Tom Wilson, right? That's what you're hoping. A little bit. Yep. Like just just playing that physical style. I think the the thing that gets lost with Tyler, and we saw this at uh, at the development camp mm. as well, where it was Stephen Halliday and Tyler Boucher and Tyler Clevin on the back end. But at forward, Boucher and Halliday were so much better than everyone else at that camp. Maybe a staff chuck too, but I didn't notice him as much in that. Yeah, camp. I would agree. Yeah, I would say Halliday and Boucher were were the top tier on their own. Boucher's shot is A+. plus. Like, we talk about Roby Yarventi, but Tyler's probably got... Like, with Yarventi, it's probably a bit more of the one-timer. Yes. For Tyler, when he's shooting off one foot as his, with his wrist, or man, that guy's got as good of a shot as anyone, uh, maybe other than, you know, your top guys in the NHL. But he's got any prospect, I put him head-to-head with them with, with his shot. 
Yep, absolutely. That's that's the thing. And he's going to be a guy that he can he can get shots on net and then like like a good point guard in basketball, he doesn't just admire his shot. He's running to the net to get that rebound and to cause chaos in front and uh, create more chances. So big, big year for Tyler Boucher. And there's a lot of reasons to be interested in the Belleville Senators this season. If you're kind of a fan of the Ottawa Senators, but you haven't really dabbled in Belleville, now's the time. It certainly is. Now, one thing I'd like to see him work on a bit is, is playmaking and maybe vision. Into I feel like sometimes he gets a little focused on like, hey, I just got to go, go, go. It's like, take a look. If you got time, use it. If you have space, use it. And I think that that's just going to help make him a bit more of a creator and get his teammates involved in that sense. What's your expectation for Tyler this year in Belleville? Again, I hate to harp on it, but my only expectations is going to be on games played. Uh, I don't need him to put up big points. I don't need him to be the toughest guy on the team or anything like that. He just needs to consistently play games. It's been years without consistency, so that's going to be my top thing for him. If he gets 11 goals and 22 assists in 70 games, would that be a successful season? Yeah. Those are are specific numbers. You know why? 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 That's what Roby Arventi had at the same age last year in Belleville. Yeah, so that works for me. I think he's going to have more goals than assists. That's my hot take with Tyler Boucher down there in Belleville. I'm going to say 17 goals and 13 assists for 30 points, and hopefully it's 50 or more games. But yeah, 30 to 40 points. Like you got to remember, there is going to be a bit of a a change in and you know quality of opponent and all that. I think that if he can stay healthy, huge step in the right direction. Tyler Boucher comes in on our list at number 23. Down a few spots, but Pilsy, it's just about staying healthy, and he'll find his way up this list in no time. All right, coming in at number 22 on our organizational value rankings. I mean, this kid just keeps getting better and better. It started in the playoffs, not this past season, but the year before. And ever since, it has been a skyrocketing trajectory for Zach Stapchuk, a two-time World Junior gold medalist. Yeah, Zach Stapchuk has kind of been uh, a shining light in the sense prospect pool, especially if you've been following along with him closely, as you have, Ross, with him playing in Winnipeg that last chunk of the season in the WHL. And this is a guy that... Not a lot of people had on their radar his first couple uh, years in the WHL and then his third year hit and he started making some noise and then his final year, he just dominated in the WHL. And that was a great league for him because he's got size and he can play that physical grinding type game. My favorite aspect or I should say attribute about Zach Stapchuk Ross is his ability to drive to the net. What he likes to do is go wide around defenders coming into the zone in transition. And then once he's around that defender, it's just straight line, head down, no thinking, just right to the net, try to crash the goalie, try to get a nice little deke in. And I think he's had success with that. So I'm really excited to see Zach Stapchuk play in the pro game here. Me too, because the six foot four frame, I mean, yeah. you're already at an advantage. Left shot, 203 pounds, plays primarily center, but don't be surprised if he's a winger at the NHL level. Between his time with the Vancouver Giants, where he was the captain, and his time with the Winnipeg Ice, he combined to have 55 regular season games, 31 goals, 36 assists, good for 67 points, 46 penalty minutes, and a plus 28 rating in the playoffs he had 15 points in 18 games including a goal and a penalty shot 
that I was able to film on my phone, Pelzi, as I was boots on the ground for that game at the Ice Cave in a arena for a team that no longer exists, unfortunately. But they'll have that's a gripe for another day. Retro. Hey, getting to see a staff check play was was a pretty cool like kind of finale of uh, of the Winnipeg Ice, at least for me living in Winnipeg now. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. But man, he was just dominant at that level. And Winnipeg got a great team. Obviously, the Matthew Savoy's, the Connor Geekies of the world. But a staff chuck stood up above all else. And maybe it's the size. The skating has always been his best attribute. But now he's adding that like middle lane drive. He's great shooter. Like he he's really showing that he can score in a bunch of different ways. And like again, maybe it's a lazy comparable because I've heard it said before, but Pilsy, this guy just seen, especially like with the trajectory, like this is Nick Paul 2.0. Yeah, I, I think uh, that that was definitely someone I compared him to. Or I like this one too, a Chandler Stevenson type. I mentioned him before as well. I think that that's something. Awesome. Yeah, uh, maybe that's like high ceiling and Nick Paul is kind of a little more realistic. But what I liked about Zach Stapchuk is when he's with the Giants, top guy, leader. If, like their wins and losses can be defined by how did Zach Stapchuk do that night. Yep. Then he gets traded to the Winnipeg Ice. No longer a top dog. Not even really in the top four. Like there's hired three. Gun. Yeah, he's a hired gun. There's like three top guys ahead of him on that team. So he's playing a bit different role. Similar situation in uh, the World Juniors. He's playing a bottom six role. I would love to see a Stapchuk be the third line center in Belleville. And I would love to see him continue that play where he's not just putting up points he's playing great defensively good two-way responsibility he's playing physical he's playing hard and i would love to see him and boucher the top uh, guys on that third line and maybe mix in a veteran ahl guy on the left wing for them and i think they could have success there so and that's how zach of satchuk's gonna break into the nhl ross it's not gonna be by putting up points it's not gonna be by being an elite playmaker or a sniper he's gonna be a bottom six guy that eventually will round out his game and be able to put up points as well. So there's just so much to like about Upstapchuk when you're looking at him uh, as far as the future goes with this organization. And especially from the standpoint of, of having a developmental toolkit that anyone would love to work with. Like I'm sure Jesse Winchester and Sean Donovan are mm-hmm. so excited to get to mold this guy into a pro hockey player where, yeah, he's, he played that PK role. He played, you know, a really kind of strong defensive. One thing that I noticed from watching him live is he has one of the most active sticks defensively. And obviously when you okay. score, use a long one. So he's coming out and challenging at the blue line, creating turnovers and just a, an exciting piece of the puzzle. But again, a guy who, isn't going to have the 50 points at the AHL level right away. Like I, it's going to be a, a, I think he's going to be a guy who after games, especially wins Dave Bell is going to bring him up unprompted. Yeah, like, yeah. Didn't you like how Zach played tonight? Like Zach played great. I think he's going to be used as an example for his teammates to have the defensive awareness and mindset on a team. And every, every um, successful team needs that type of player. Big time. Yeah, especially in the AHL. So, yeah, this is going to be a big year for Zach Kupstavchuk. I think, like you mentioned, I don't think he's going to break out points-wise first year, but uh, second year, once he's got that experience, I think he'll really unleash it. Hey, Pilsy, would 11 goals and 22 assists in 70 <laughs> games be good? Yeah, I'm down for that. We're using the Roby line <laughs> as, as what you could jump over, but I, I honestly do. Let, let's say it's uh, 14 and 14 for 28 points, but he's a solid defensive-minded presence. And if Belleville's winning, be a plus player 
and don't put your team shorthanded and call that a, a great successful year for Zach Astapchuk. Now, Astapchuk's had a bit of a um, a bit of a, a kind of slow and steady path up our rankings. He was 31st in his first year on the list at 2021. Then last year he was 23rd. This year he comes in at 22nd on our organizational value rankings. All right, Pilsy, wrapping up the show. I know people appreciate it when we pull up the list of, of guys who we've done so far. So with that said, why don't we pull up the list today? Because I actually didn't even get to the um, the former rankings of a few of the other guys on that list. So we've got, this is the tier, the legit prospects tier. It yep. goes into tomorrow. We've got a few more guys in this tier yesterday or last week, I should say. We did Crookshank, Pedersen, Halliday, Marilinen, Bernard Docker. Roby went from 18 to 25 to 18 to 24. So he's just bouncing back and forth. I found that to be kind of funny. Boucher goes from 14 to 17, now down to 23. Really stay healthy, and that that would have been probably around where uh, where you'd hope if the production was there as well. And we just discussed a stab chuck as well. So a fun exercise. I'm glad to see everyone is enjoying it. And I've posted all of up till this tier, actually, on YouTube, individual player profiles that you can click through, whether it's in the start of the season, if a name catches your eye at development camp, or I should say rookie camp, or during main camp. So those are there for you to reference whenever you need it. Pilsy, final sh- thoughts on today's show. Final thoughts for me is something that uh, Ross and I want to start promoting again, especially with uh, some of the meetups happening around the home opener. Check out our merch store, guys. We do have merch. We kind of forget to talk about it sometimes, but there's so many great options. You got t-shirts, long sleeves, crew crew necks, and hoodies, and extra bonus points. If we see you at the home opener, Rock and Send Central merch, you will definitely get a response from us, and we'll be glad to see it because not only it's good-looking stuff, Ross, but also it's comfy. It's uh, it's comfortable stuff. So please, if uh, you're looking for ways to support us, the merch is a way to do that. And if you're just looking to add to your wardrobe, uh, Send Central merch, there's, there's no better option. I wear it all the time. I really yeah. do. So go check it out on the merch store. You can do all this through our link tree, which we have on our socials and on YouTube. For today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day.